We're back for yet another episode of The Dan and Dill Show. I'm Danny DeVock here in the studios of KCW Ellensburg. And joining me is our co-host Dylan Cooley from Tacoma, Washington. Another week of basketball is in the books. And there are still many storylines that are taking place here. So let's go right into it. Our first issue over here in the world of basketball is the Western Conference, and it's been a Western Conference that has been a problem because of how congested this this the standings have been concerning the West, and there is currently in between the six and eight seeds, there is a a logjam of three separate teams that are within striking range of all three of those seeds. So, Dylan, that brings up the question with the Thunder also in play with with 47 wins coming into the night of this recording and the Spurs and the Clippers also within the mix. They each have one game left to play while the Thunder have two, which explains why the Thunder currently are in the sixth seed mathematically. So that brings up the question, Dylan, what should we expect with, with, with these three teams going into the final days of the regular season? Yeah, for sure, Danny. I mean, if you look at the last 10 games as of right now, the Thunder are 5-5, five and five, the Spurs are 5-5, five and five, and the Clippers are 6-4. and four. So they're all playing about the same, too. No one's super hot, and I mean, they're not super cold. But I would like to see, see the Thunder stay at the 6th seed because I think it would be really interesting to see them and the Rockets be matched up in the first round. You have a lot of all-stars in that game. And I think the Spurs have a good matchup with the Nuggets, too. I think the Spurs could actually maybe pull an an upset against the Nuggets in the first round if they stay how it is right now. For sure, you have a Spurs team that has leadership unlike any other in their head coach, Greg Popovich. And then you have a Denver team that has surprised everybody by being in contention for the second seed in the West. And that's something nobody would expect out of this Nuggets team. And then also with the comparison between the Rockets and the Thunder, to your point, there are so many all-stars within these two teams that it just makes for a high quality playoff series and but when when you look at the three teams that are within the mix which team do you think in your eyes Dylan has the potential to go the farthest in the postseason Uh, I think the Thunder honestly I think the Thunder have so much talent it's just a matter of you know are they going to come out and play like a team are they going to play me basketball where they just ball hog it and throw up stupid shots but I think if they play like a team and they, if Russ gets it going and PG-13 gets it going, they could really they could make a run at the playoffs. They certainly could, and very much so. Now let's take a look at the Western Conference as a whole, and there are always many t- There's Well, of course, there's eight teams in the playoffs. So that brings up the question here, Dylan. Which of these teams within the West that have already clinched, which is all eight of them, which one of these teams is the most likely to be vulnerable, especially come postseason time? I think the Jazz right now, right now, I don't really like where the Jazz are. They're the fifth seed and the Trailblazers are the fourth seed. And I just, I think the Trailblazers could take care of business against the Jazz. I could even see a sweep happening just because the Jazz, I think we talked about it maybe on our last show, but they just don't have a go-to guy and the Trailblazers will have two of them come to playoffs. So I think the Jazz are pretty vulnerable going into it. 
Even with a, a team that is eight and two in their last ten, though, Dylan, because the Blazers are eight and two in their last ten too, though, Danny. So that seems to mean that it could be an even series, couldn't you see that aspect? Or and but then again, Portland does have those key figures. That's why they stand out, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They just have guys that get you points when you need points, and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. That's why I think that the Trailblazers could just really take care of business against the Jazz. And to your point about why the Jazz are are, are a huge concern. Their last game against a team that is currently in the playoffs was a game that they lost against the Thunder. They haven't played against any teams that are in the playoffs as we speak, and they have not really played anyone for that matter. Their most recent game took place against the Lakers without LeBron James, and, well, guess what? They lost that. So the Jazz's 8-2 and two record against their or in their last 10 is really a record that is that is hyperbolated because they've been playing a bunch of nobodies yeah and let's not forget this is the end of the regular season so these are not even if you are playing playoff teams right now they're not the playoff team that you're going to see when you actually get to the playoffs that's very much true. And speaking of the playoffs, let's let's continue on that topic of of the postseason. And there are there's there's of course a huge a de- there's a definite difference between the competitiveness of the West and the East. But because of the the top heavy Eastern Conference having teams that are so much better than the bottom half, is there a chance that we could have? An upset in the Eastern Conference, even though the West, there's it's it's clearly obvious that there's going to be a high likelihood that there could be an upset because of how tight that West is. But can we see upsets in the East, possibly? Um, I think that, I mean, it's obviously like you said, the top four teams in the East right now uh, today are the Bucks at one, the Raptors at two, 76ers at three, and Celtics at four. And I think that those four teams are just so much better than the bottom four, and the bottom four being the Pacers, Nets, Magic, Pistons as of today, and maybe we see the Hornets or Heat take that eight spot. But I just think that those top four teams, especially with home court advantage, I can't see any of them getting upset, honestly. There is, however, looking at the teams that are within that bottom half, there is how there is we're going to go into more detail about the magic a little bit later but looking at the Pistons and also with the Brooklyn Nets they're teams that were right on the cusp Detroit of course has Blake Griffin and what they've been able to do well to to use some of his veteran experience to help the Pistons into the position they are but but they aren't a, a clear out they're they're not a clear threat to to the Bucks, and neither are the Hornets or the Miami Heat as as well. So it seems as if the Bucks are going to walk over them. But this Brooklyn Nets team, they they have they barely have a winning record, and they're likely going to play a Sixers team. And we've we we went into depth about this last week, Dylan, of how the chemistry of the Sixers is not completely settled. Could we pause if it is the Nets and the Sixers? Could you see an upset of the Sixers in the first round? Yeah, I'm. It could. I mean, anything's possible, especially when it comes to basketball. And I think that if 
the 76ers do have problems in their locker room and maybe you have, you know, someone not clicking with someone else and they could be their own worst enemies, especially going into the playoffs. You need a team that's just going to be together and gel together. And so, yeah, I could see it. I don't think it's super likely, but I could see it. Philadelphia does have a, a plethora of stars within Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and, and company, and Ben Simmons. They have a a, a clear cut team that is yeah. that is that's just that's made for a championship. But they gotta they gotta put it together first, and it first starts by going through the Nets, obviously. But that brings up our next conversation about one team in the in the Eastern Conference that has has proven that they are in playoff mode already, and that is the Orlando Magic. And they have won eight of their last ten games to squeeze themselves into the postseason, and they have the postseason spot as of now, and they have really shown up out of virtually nowhere to to put themselves in the playoff conversation as they have won the, the, the Southeast Division with a 41-40 and 40 record, but the thing is, they are the seventh seed in the postseason, and this is something that it's hard to believe with a team that won their division as the seventh seed of the conference. Yeah, it's crazy, Danny. And if the Magic, if the playoffs were today, they would play the Raptors in the first round, and I don't like that matchup for them at all because they are not a super great away team, and the Raptors are actually a pretty good away team, and the Raptors are an extremely good home team. So I think that Raptors having home court advantage, it would be tough for the Magic to beat the Raptors at all there, and then I think it would be easy for the Raptors to steal some games at, in Orlando. Orlando having a road record of 16-24, and 24, while Toronto boasts a home record of 32 and 9 so the, to to Dylan's point it's 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 it would be difficult for a magic team to go into Toronto and earn the victory while also Toronto having a 25 and 15 road record it's the odds are stacked against the magic definitely Dylan yes and let's not forget that Toronto has a guy in Kawhi Leonard who's very experienced in the playoffs and has won some championships so he knows what he's doing so among all the Eastern Conference teams, Dylan, which do you think is probably the most threatening out of the teams that are in the bottom half? That that means the Pacers, the Nets, the Magic. Or you could go outside the box and pick an HC that could be the Pistons or the Hornets or the Miami Heat by some odd stretch of miracles. I think, going back to what we are talking about a little bit, I think the Nets, I think they have the best chance of winning in the first round if the 76ers do have those chemistry issues and maybe they get some momentum winning in the first round and try to take a shot at the second round. So we know what happened last year in in the postseason with the Celtics going all the way to the Eastern Conference, and we have the Celtics who are already locked into their playoff position as the fourth seed, and they're taking on a Pacers team that has really collapsed as of late. And knowing that Boston, well, we don't want to we don't want to count the eggs before they hatch, but they're playing against a depleted Pacers team. So that brings up the question 
Dylan, how where do you see the Celtics going this year and in comparison to also the other teams within the top of the Eastern Conference with the Sixers, the Raptors, and the first place Bucks? I could see the Celtics making a run to get just as far as they did last year, maybe even making the finals this year. I think they have actually out of the top four teams, they have the best matchup with the Pacers not having Oladipo because that's the Pacers guy. I mean, that's their go-to guy. So I think that the Celtics, we might see them in the finals this year. Boy, wouldn't that be something to see the team that everyone thought would make it to the finals. And then during the regular season, they looked, they didn't, they didn't look that impressive by by their own standards, considering their expectations. But for them to make it all the way into the finals this year, that would be something special. So that brings up the question about the Bucks and the Raptors, just because of the sole fact that playoff experience is important, especially in big games. And if it were to be the Bucks and the Raptors in the postseason near the finals, could that possibly bring up some playoff jitters for both these two teams or could it be a Celtics team that has had the experience of playing in game sevens in years past could it be playoff experience that plays a factor and could signify the end for the Bucks and the Raptors as a whole I could see that I mean like I said earlier the Raptors do have Kawhi Leonard so it's not like they have no playoff experience at all and the Celtics have Kyrie Irving, who's been won a championship. I mean, he knows what it's like there, too. So the Bucks are the only team that they don't really have the guy that's even been to the finals, I don't think, at least not a main guy. So, yeah, that could definitely play a part when it comes to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's my biggest concern with the Bucks, just because this this team has, has Chris Middleton and, then of course, y- Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is arguably possibly the most valuable player in the league we'll get more into that later on in the show but I'm really concerned with seeing seeing Middleton and Giannis help lead this Bucks team far just because they haven't been there before and that's why I'm having a tough time seeing them later in the later rounds of the postseason Dylan yeah I mean one thing kind of to just counter you is I could see this as a huge opportunity for Giannis to kind of step up and show that he's the man. Maybe he is the MVP of the league if he can lead his team to the finals this year. That could be the case, and that might there there is a good chance. But looking, let's switch let's switch over to the the Western Conference of things and and look at who is possibly the biggest threat out of all those teams. Is it still Golden State, or is it someone else that is that started to enter into the mix? Maybe even Portland or maybe the Rockets with James Harden because they got close in recent years. Yeah, Danny, I still think it's Golden State. I mean, I know that that's the pretty mainstream thing to say right now, but Golden State is just so stacked. I think they, they're they just so far above everyone else in the league right now that it's tough to see them losing to anyone. I think the Trailblazers are definitely an up-and-coming team that I like a lot right now, and I think I would like to see them make a run at the playoffs. I think maybe even face off against the Warriors sometime in the Western Conference playoffs. I think that'd be pretty sweet. That might be a fun one to watch, but Golden State has romped over Portland in recent years, winning True. winning two series in a row in the last two years by a total of nine games, if I recall. But I think, was it nine or eight? 
It may have been, it may have been eight, actually. It wasn't close, that's for sure. Yeah, it wasn't. You're right. Wasn't close like some of my three pointer shots whenever I play you in one on one. Yeah, those aren't very close either, Danny. Yeah, probably should stick to 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 hitting hitting a yellow ball over a net. Moving on from there. Stick to just talking about basketball part. Yeah, yeah, that might be true. Back to Golden State, they clinched the number one seed of the Western Conference with a win over the Clippers, who are currently sitting in the eighth spot within that logjam. And we haven't talked much about the Clippers, and and probably for the for one obvious reason, they've lost three straight games in a row. And the Clippers, if they continue that pace, they would be facing the Warriors. What what can the Clippers do to beat Golden State? Or should they just throw up the white flag and just quit? I think the Clippers' best chance would be maybe take one of their bench guys, have them break Kevin Durant's legs, maybe hit Steph Curry on his way out of being ejected because they, they stand no chance against a healthy Golden State team. Sounds like whenever I face you. Well, moving yeah. on from there, let's head on to another question that, that has been brought up about the NBA playoffs as a whole. And it's a, it's a peculiar one just because of the sole fact that there are eight teams that always make it. And typically in the 1-8 matchup, it's usually over fairly quickly. And we don't often see classic 1-8 affairs unless the eight team does produce the upset. There are... If, there's only a handful of teams that have won as the eighth seed in the first round of the postseason. So that brings up the question, Dylan, regarding the NBA playoffs. Should they reformat the postseason as a whole to differentiate it into a more entertaining manner? Yeah, Danny, I think they should. There's 30 teams total in the NBA, and you have 16 make the postseason so you have over half the league making the postseason and I just don't think that I mean I think there there's too many teams that make it and I think sometimes that can make the regular season especially for a team like the Warriors it just makes it not as competitive and honestly maybe even the the fourth fifth and sixth seeds if only let's say six teams from each each conference made the playoffs it would make it a lot more competitive for that four through eight spot to try to get into the top six. So I would like to see them reformat it. But at the same time, it, it's really hard to change something that's been the same way for a really long time. What do you think? Do you think there could be the possibility, if you were if you were in charge of, of reformatting the, the NBA playoffs in your eyes, Dylan, what would, how would you format? Would you implement maybe a one-game playoff to decide who would move on to the next postseason? Would you have some bye weeks or, or bye series for some teams, maybe the first or two seeds? Or perhaps could you have maybe a five-game series? What, what would you do as in, in terms of, of reformatting the playoffs from the 1-8 scenario where you have the one seed destroying the eight and usually the two doing the same towards the seven. Definitely some interesting ideas that you just brought up one, one game series and stuff. I think that it would be kind of interesting to see maybe the seven 
play the six and the five play the eight in like a three game series to get in and then have one through four automatically be in and that would be very interesting just to see some lower seeds playing earlier just to get in kind of like how in kind of the same thing but how March Madness does the play-in games between yep. 16 seeds and I believe 12 the, seeds the 11th 11, yep. yep that's 11, right I'm sorry but where they have that play-in game I think that would be really interesting to see and then, and that's and that won't only that will probably be a ratings booster, especially just because of how short the series would be. One game with one win, you you're already halfway there to moving on to the next round, and that brings more of an incentive as well to being within the top four seeds. It's similar to the way they work the Premier League with the top four teams making it into the next round of, of postseason, and the same concept could be made here in the NBA with the top four teams making it into the postseason. Personally, in my eyes, and I'm and I'm sure you agree with me as well, Dylan. This would probably be more entertaining than seeing a one and one and two seed dominating the first round. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, Danny. Because imagine, let's say that the Clippers played the Jazz in a three-game series to get in, rather than having the Warriors play the Clippers in the first round, that would be so much more entertaining. It would be so much more fun to watch. 100%. That is a certainty as we head towards the end of the NBA regular season. And that brings up the question as well. Who would be who would win the awards in the regular season? Let's first begin with the defensive player of the year and it seems and there seems to be one man in in Utah that seems to be standing out above the rest. Yeah, for sure, Danny. I think Rudy Gobert is just an amazing defensive player and I think that he proves himself every single year and I think that he really deserves to get it this year. Rudy Gobert has been an impressive key figure for this Utah team as it's the Jazz who have been having quite the year. And there's a reason why they have been solid for so long. And that's what Rudy Gobert has done for this Jazz team as it's, it's Gobert who has had 2.3 blocks average per game and also with... A little bit under a steal a game, but Rudy Gobert has really proven himself as one of the best defensive players in this league, and and by all means, he rightfully deserves that Defensive Player of the Year award, Dylan. Yeah, for sure, Danny. Now let's head over to the Rookie of the... Do we even have to go through this segment for the Rookie of the Year? <laughs> I, I don't think we do. I yeah, we, give it to Luca. pay any attention... You know who's going to win it this year. Yeah, it's obvious. It's 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 Luka. It's not even close. Luka Doncic, without a shadow of doubt, your rookie of the year. You can you you can say that you heard it here first, but if you've been watching the film, it's obvious. It's it's got to be Luka. Yeah, he's a stud, Danny. I'm really excited to see him grow into the player that he has the potential to be. Now let's move on to the next award, which is the most improved player, and it's it's an interesting award to hand out, but who do you have coming out as the, the man, as the most improved player of the year? And to me, it, it I, I, I'm sure I think you're going to agree with me here, Dylan. It's going to go north of the border. Yeah, I have 
excuse, I don't, I'm never good at saying this man's name, but Pascal Siakam. Yep, Siakam. That's that's Siakam? my pick as so, well. I actually have not watched Toronto play a lot this year, but the games that I have turned on, this man is a beast. I mean, he gets the job done, and he can get you buckets, and he can play defense. And he's very interesting because he's a pretty lengthy player, but he's very athletic and skilled. So I really like this player. Yeah, he was only, he at one point he was just a player made for defense and maybe a six man, but now he's got the offense to add to the, that that threat for the Toronto Raptors. And there's a reason why this team is in the second seed in the Eastern Conference, and that goes solely uh, onto the hands of the the Toronto team as a whole. And and obviously Pascal Siakam has proven to be a a big component of why this team is where they're at come postseason time. Yeah, for sure. And I think he just really, he encompasses what the award's all about. A player that at the beginning of the year isn't, isn't he maybe you don't think he's going to have the greatest season and then he comes out and just has a great season for a Toronto team is going to be the number two in the East. So I think he deserves it. Now let's head to the next award for the coach of the year. And in it, there's, there's been many great coaches that have really stood out for their teams and helped put them in the, the position that they're at. You have Michael Malone of Denver seemingly taking that team out of nowhere. And then you have Doc Rivers for the Clippers and then former Trailblazers coach Nate McMillan. And then also for Milwaukee, you have Mike Brudenholzer for the, the Bucks. But who comes out in, as the coach of the year here, Dylan? For me, I have Mike Malone from Denver. And strictly because I think that no one expected Denver to be to have as good of a season as they had this year. And he doesn't have a whole bunch of talent, but he's sure made them play like a team. And I know on the podcast, I have sounded very negative towards Denver, but they have had an amazing year. And I think he really deserves the nod for coach of the year. This Denver team last season missed the playoffs, and to see the turnaround that they have has been absolutely incredible to watch and to see them play toe-to-toe among the likes of the Houston Rockets and and staying away from, from Golden State, but, but staying... But, playing very well against some of the best teams in the Western Conference. This Denver team has has really turned heads this season. Yeah, for sure, Danny. So with the Coach of the Year award in our eyes going to Michael Malone of Denver, it comes down to the big award, and that is the most valuable player. And let's be honest, it's between two players. One, James Harden, who has who went on an insane, and I mean insane, scoring streak, average or scoring over 30 points a game for seemingly, what was it, two months? And then a man that can essentially do it all in Giannis Antetokounmpo, but... Dylan, who comes out as the regular season most valuable player? Yeah, Danny, this is this is going to be such a hard decision for me because when I watch James Harden play, you just can't guard this man. Like he is so good that you just can't guard him. He'll take a step back, he'll take it to the hoop, he'll draw a foul on you, and you think there's no way that he can. And he's just been so unstoppable. But then you have Giannis in the East who 
has just been a beast and really had another breakout year. It seems like every year he gets better. And I think that Giannis getting the one seed, maybe James Harden only getting the three, give it to Giannis. But James Harden has had a team faced with the injuries the whole year too. So it's going to be neck and neck. But I think that Giannis will get it. I think that Giannis will get the nod. Well, then again, what does James Harden do defensively as a whole? Don't get me wrong. He is a ridiculous offensive player, but what about his defense? What about his defensive game makes him worthy of the MVP this year? Yeah, Danny, that's a really good point. I think that that's the really the argument that could win Giannis this award is Giannis is a very good defensive player, and he has the type of body that makes for an extremely good shot blocker and on-ball defender. So that's a good point. So obviously the the two best players in the, MV, in the MVP conversation are Ana DeCupo and James Harden. Who would be the honorable mention out of all, all the athletes within the association? Who would be the third man to possibly be within that list of the MVP voting? Could it be Carl Anthony Towns or or could it possibly even be Damian Lillard or Toronto's Ka- Kawhi Leonard or maybe even the guys from Golden State in, in Curry and Durant or is it is it Joshich of, of Denver or is it Joel Embiid? Who, who would be your third place award winner in the MVP voting? Um... Honestly, Danny, I haven't really thought much about that because I've just been looking at Giannis and James Harden this for most of the year. But let's not forget, Russ is still averaging a triple-double, too. And this will be, what, his third season in a row doing that? I think he's averaging one. Ho-hum. Nothing new. Wrong, what, what, what's new in this world? Another triple-double for Russell Westbrook? Yeah, it's, 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 it seems to be... It's, it's the same case for what, what's happened in recent years with, with players that have transcended generations when they have subpar seasons by their standards. We keep... Well, you, you, you forget about how dominant these players are just because they aren't performing up to the high level that they have in recent years. Yeah, and let's also remember that when a player is great, like LeBron, when LeBron puts up crazy numbers every single year, the numbers just aren't that surprising anymore. So then people don't give a player like that the MVP nod anymore because they're just used to seeing them do it. Man, I was hoping we could go through the entire show without saying LeBron's name. We just can't do it. It's it's so hard. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible, Danny. Yeah, but Russell Westbrook, he seems, if there's anyone who would be within that conversation outside of James Harden and Giannis, Russell's is a great option just because of how dominant he is night in and night out. Yeah, for sure. 100% Danny. Now, as we overlook our regular season awards, we head into a segment that we that we have come to love and enjoy here at 88 won the Berg, your basketball central. That's right. It's the not-so-golden power rankings. So let's go right into it. And for me, I have a team that is that is red-hot, and it might come as a surprise that, we're, that they're within the top five, and that is the Orlando Magic. And it's just because of how desperate they are, and they're playing so well at this stage with, with the team that they have and what they're able to do in 
performing very, very late in this season to claw into a playoff position, to me, they deserve the fifth spot within the rankings. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, Danny. And tell I just, me why. I don't see... Well, I have the Celtics at number five, and it's because I just can't see... I know the Magic are hot, and they're playing very well, but I still just can't see a team like the Magic making a run at the playoffs, and I don't think they're better than the Celtics. So then who would you have at number four, knowing that the Celtics, we've gone into detail about them and how they are primed for the postseason. Who is your number four team? My number four team is the Raptors. I think that they're a very good team in the East, and they're going to make... A deep playoff run, they're going to, and I think that they just have players that are going to get the job done, man. To me, who I have at number four, it's it's the Utah Jazz. And it's because they, even though they haven't been playing great teams, they, they have a well-rounded team. And they've had postseason success before in the past, surprising some people in recent years. And I believe they could do it again, especially with, as we mentioned earlier in the show, with the defensive presence in a center like Rudy Gobert, this this. Utah team, if they if they play great defense anchored by Gobert, this team could go far later on in the postseason. Yeah, and let's not forget that they also have the best trash talker in the whole league and <laughs> that Joe Ingles. That man talks so much trash and he is so good at it. So that now brings up let's let's move on from number four to number three. I got the Blazers at number three, Danny. I think that, like I say all the time, with that backcourt, they are gonna they're gonna do some damage in the playoffs, and I'm so excited to see them take down the Jazz. That's that's bold. Coming up next next week or some some time frame before the start of the postseason, we will have our our NBA playoff special where we will go into detail about each first round series and we will make our picks of who's going to come out on top and this is going to this might be a topic that might bring up a little bit of heat so you'll have to stay tuned for that one but the Portland Trailblazers are Dylan's number 3 team in the rankings and Yeah Danny now, what's your number 3 For me at number 3 I, I have to go with, with the team that you picked earlier in the rankings in Boston and why they are postseason ready. It's, and it's because of they not only have great coaching, but this, this Boston team has, of course, to you, what you said earlier in the show, with a veteran presence in Kyrie Irving who, who has had postseason success. But you also have guys who, who want it bad. Gordon Hayward, we all know what happened last year and how his season ended very early after the well not even after the first game just a, a few quarters into the first game of the season he was you he, he was out for the year and now he has that desire to go out and make something happen and you can't also forget Jason Tatum as well this Boston team has so many weapons who can attack you in so many different fashions yeah you're you're completely right, Danny. I, I love the Celtics team. They have a lot of really good players. And Gordon Hayward was, when he was on the Jazz, he was my favorite player in the league for a little while. He's just, he, at, when he's at 100%, he can just make things happen. He is a competitor. Now let's head on to number two on the rankings. And for me, it's 
it's it's it's a tough one between the teams that that we have to pick and with with the with the Raptors somewhat coasting near the end of the season because they have finished early I've left them out of the rankings that might be a little bit controversial but I have the Milwaukee Bucks just because of the sole fact of how they're they're running away with the Eastern Conference yeah Danny that's a good pick and I have um I have Houston at my number two and just comes back to the fact that they have an MVP candidate and James Harden who just gets things done and is pretty unguardable and I think that Going into the playoffs, there's few teams that can beat Houston when James Harden has it going. And that's certainly true, especially with the Houston Rockets. And and they've and you you stole the words right out of my mouth, Dylan. This Houston team, in my eyes, is the number one team in my not so golden power rankings. And well, we saw what they did last year and how they came oh so close to finally beating the Warriors, but then it it, it was not to be. Golden State did what they always do. They Whenever they need to earn a huge pivotal victory, they're able to do exactly that. But this Houston team, they were very close, and they're hungry. That's why they are number one in my power rankings, because they have that hunger, and it shows in how they've done recently. They've won their last six games, and this Houston team is red hot. So for me, they are number one in the not-so-golden power rankings. But now that brings up the question, Dylan, if it's not the Houston Rockets that are number one and with them being a number two, who is your number one? Well, my number one is actually the Orlando match. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> my number one That's is, um, I have the Bucks at my number one. And it's just because I think they're a top five defensive team. They're a top five offensive team. And I think that they could take down a team like Houston if they met them in the finals, which is very unlikely to happen. But I just think that Milwaukee has the players and they have most likely the MVP of the league. I think they're just going to make some noise in the playoffs. And that's why I have them in my number one in the not so golden power rankings. So that is your week's uh, episode of the not so golden power rankings. And it's, and I, I went with the Houston Rockets at number one, which Dylan had it at number two. And my number two in the Milwaukee Bucks at, at number two were Dylan's number one team in this week's episode of the Not-So-Golden Power Rankings. It was last week in our NBA Picks segment where it was awfully close with both of us performing very well down the stretch. But the difference maker proved to be the upset of the week. Dylan had the Portland Trailblazers upsetting the Denver Nuggets, which was a which was a good pick, but the Nuggets were able to hold it home. But then in in Los Angeles, it was the Lakers who beat the LA Clippers who have been struggling as of late. And because of that upset, we go into this week's pick standings with me having a one game lead over Dylan. I'm at six and one while Dylan is five and two. So so Dylan has uh, has one game to catch up on me, but it's still a tight race down the stretch. Just giving you a head start, Danny. Just giving you a head start. 
Oh boy, I know he's coming. I know he's coming. So let's go right into it with with this week's episode of of picks. This mini episode within the Dan and Dill show, and we'll first begin with a game that's taking place on this Tuesday night, and it's the Denver Nuggets who are trying to solidify the number two seed as they do not have the tiebreaker against the Houston Rockets. So if Houston were to win their next two games, they would have the number two seed in the Western Conference, but the Nuggets will need some help from the Rockets unless they... the unless, Wait, hang on a second. No, if Denver were to win their final two games, they would clinch the number two seed but if they were to lose they would need some help and they're playing against a a Utah Jazz team that is sitting in the fifth seed in the postseason and as we look up the tie-breaking scenarios within the the Utah Jazz's uh, equation with the Portland Trailblazers. It's the Jazz who have the tiebreaker over Portland, so that means that the Jazz still have something to play for. So currently it's the two and five seeds going at it, and this this game is, however, taking place in Utah. So, Dylan, that brings up the question, is it going to be the Nuggets or is it going to be Utah? I got the Nuggets, Danny. And I think that the Nuggets have just had such a good regular season. I think they'll want to end it the way it started, and I think they'll want to end end it strong. So I think that they're going to take down the Jazz. Utah has yet to play a playoff opponent in over 10 games, and that is why I have to mirror Dylan here because it's going to be the Nuggets just because it's hard when you're playing against lesser opponents to raise your level up to a high caliber team in in just in in such a quick amount of time and especially when you're playing against the second best team in the Western Conference at the moment it's it's difficult to transition from lesser from lesser quality already eliminated opponents to teams that are that are playoff ready yeah, that, that's a really good point, Danny. Now let's head, let's stay on the topic of Tuesday because there's only a few more games left in the regular season. It's a Houston Rockets team who can't afford a loss if, they, if they're looking to solidify the number two seed from the Denver Nuggets. And it is Houston who will be taking on Oklahoma City and they are trying to do what they can in order to stay atop the sixth seed and possibly play either the Nuggets or the Rockets and with that in mind this game is also taking place in the team that's currently the lesser seed in the OKC Thunder so that brings up the question is it going to be the Thunder who pulled off or is it the Rockets Dylan well this is actually my upset of the week too and that's why I have the Thunder over the Rockets for this one I think the Thunder are playing at home they're a good home team and I think that they've been pretty hot lately Russ has been on a roll lately so I think that the Thunder are going to take down the Rockets, ruin the Rockets' chance of getting the second seed, and they're going to fall off the upset of the week. Well, if you're if they're you're the number one team in in the power rankings, they're the number one team for a reason. And even though they are heading to Oklahoma City, and and this Oklahoma City team is is a nice team, even though they are as if, even though they are the, the sixth seed currently, and they could easily be the eighth. But to me, the Houston Rockets team with 
all that they have going for them with with arguably maybe the the most valuable player in the league and you have Chris Paul and and, and company I'm picking the Rockets in this affair and this could be a difference maker down the stretch within our picks so for me I have the Rockets winning this one while Dylan has the Thunder now let's head to the final day of the regular season on Wednesday April the 10th and there are two games that stand out over the rest as far as postseason seeding is concerned. One is an interconference matchup between the Thunder and they're taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, Danny, and I have the Bucks winning this one because the Thunder have they'll be just playing OKC the night before going to Milwaukee, and I think that the Bucks will just be rested up and ready to take them on that night. So I got the Bucks winning that one. The Bucks are are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They have already clinched the number one seed, and that is why I'm going to go with Oklahoma City because the Bucks will have nothing to play for, and the Thunder possibly could have some playoff seeding scenarios that are that are working for them. That's why I have the Thunder in this one. But then again, you have the best player in the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and whenever he's on the court, there's always that always gives you a chance to win. Yeah, for sure, Danny. That's a good point. We'll have to see who wins that game. And now let's head to the final game in our picks segment before we hit up our upsets and locks of the week, and there's not many games to choose from. But let's first go into the, the game that does have some implications this late Wednesday night, and that's a matchup between the Utah Jazz and Doc Rivers and the L.A. Clippers. Yeah, Danny, and I have the Jazz winning this one. I think that the Jazz going into the postseason are going to want to show that they're the higher seed, and I think that they're going to get it done. The Utah Jazz have have played games against teams that are already eliminated from the playoff picture. But then you have the Clippers who have lost four straight in a row and they're slumping and they're looking to turn things around. This game, however, is taking place in Los Angeles and the Clippers have got to try and change something to possibly go up against the Warriors. And I believe they are going to do something about their, their... their slumping trend as of late, and I have the Clippers pulling off the win in the Staples Center in Los Angeles. So we, as contrasting from last week, we are, Dylan and I are differing on our picks, and obviously there's going to be some, uh, a little bit of a gap between both of us within the standings, but now let's head into our upsets of the week. Dylan has already had made his choice with the Thunder over the Rockets. And on this end of things, I have an upset of my own. And it it, it is a surprise that it's the home team that is going to be upset. And it's the Detroit Pistons who right now are sitting in the eighth spot in the postseason. But... They have been losing as of late, and I think they're going to continue their losing ways by losing to the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's going to be my pick for the upset of the week. Good good pick, Dan. Good pick. 
So that's going to be my upset with the Grizzlies upsetting Detroit. And now let's head over to the lock. You can put a lock on it, baby. What is the the lock of the week for Dylan Cooley this week? The lock of the week for me is Golden State over the Grizz. I think that Golden State is going to, I mean, it's their last game before the postseason. I think they're just going to put the smack down on the Memphis Grizzlies. And it's not even going to be ratherly close. And for me, my lock of the week, I know we have gone in depth of of how we typically re- say that this team has chemistry issues, but it's the last game of the season at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, and in, in comes a Chicago Bulls team that has really had a miserable season, and I think that miserable note is going to continue, and it's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers who will earn the victory against the Bulls comfortably. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick, Danny. I think that that's pretty locked in too. So that is how we have our picks to conclude, and that will just about wrap us up for the Dan and Dill show. So, Dylan, you can sign us off for this episode. Yep. So, this is Dylan and my partner Danny, and we're signing off for this one. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>